Hello, people, and thank you for joining me and my friends on the Game Files podcast. My name is Matthew, and I will be hosting discussions on all things dice throwing, button mashing, page turning, and screen viewing from the past, present, and future of those things that occupy our spare time. Welcome back to the Game Files podcast. This is Matthew, and today we are going to be talking about the evolution of strategy board games. Now, that is a tongue twister, right? A little bit. So with us today, we have the ever-present Radis. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. And it's a little bit more uh, specific on topic than just general strategy games. That is correct. Joining us for the first time, no stranger to us, we got Big Papa Stace. Hello, everyone. So basically, talking about strategy games, but we're going to be specifically talking about the evolution of such genre. But we're going to stick to three games because that makes it a little bit easier to kind of streamline this. Otherwise, we're going to be talking for about 12 hours. We're basically going to be talking about Risk, which came first, Axis and Allies, which came second, and finally, the magical unicorn of all games, Twilight Imperium. We're going to just start off with the first one, uh, Risk, right? So Risk came out originally in 1957, which was a huge surprise to me. I was not aware because I did not discover this game until like the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and it was actually my father who bought it. We played it wrong the entire time. Uh, I learned that later on in life. Uh, that's why the games took multiple days, <laughs> multiple days, multiple hours per day. And I don't know if we actually officially ever finished a game in my family. For those who uh, don't know, uh, my my father is a was a, a strategy board game master to some extent. He was an excellent chess player. I never beat him in my entire life, and sadly, I will not get that chance to to do that because uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, however, um, he is the the one who started me down the path of the strategy board game. So, um, my that's my. First uh, experience with Risk, so uh, we'll go with you, Radis. What is your first experience? Because I know you've played this a lot. Yeah, but it was a little bit later in life. My first experience was actually with uh, you and Mad Marty. After uh, my family consolidated houses after my grandfather passed away, we ended up uh, living across the street from Mad Marty. Freshman year, maybe last year, Flynn? I don't remember the exact... I want to say it was 94, 92, 3. Anyway... Um, and a long time ago. Yeah, long time galaxy far, far away. Uh, being even in high school, pre-job, you know, not a lot of money. So video games were scarce. And when you got the one video game, you played it a ton. But the one thing that was easy and that we could pack up because uh, was Risk. So I know lots of memories of sitting in Jeff's garage playing risk or over at your basement several times playing risk once you know we did hit 16 and we could then travel much easier than relying on parents um, but my, that was my first experience it's awesome man how about you stace earliest memories uh one of my oldest friends he introduced me to it when we we're probably middle school and something you said earlier we probably weren't playing it right but we had the most amount of fun but we barely ever finished the game because We'd have to have them over at his house, and he lives, you know, on the other side of town, Loves Park, and I was in Rockford, but that was it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I think some of the best games involved him, his little brother, and his dad, and those are the ones we seem to actually complete and actually possibly follow the rules. Yeah, so, so to clarify, the following the rules part, okay, so... 
you you make an attack, right? You defeat your your enemy in the attack, and then you get to make another attack from that space if you choose to. The way yeah, I the you, way yep the yes. way the way I played it with my father and I believe with Marty and and Radis was, you make one attack, and then yeah, the you, next person makes one attack, no more. So the, there was yeah. so we would build well, we'd build these eggshells. You yeah. know that you that were nearly impenetrable, and if you did happen to get past the first rung of it, you would just dump your troops into the next location, yeah. essentially. So we it wasn't that we the you could only make one attack; it was that the army could only move once. So you could make multiple attacks, but once that army has won and moved into that next one, that's just like you're done. That's as far as I could go. That was what we got wrong. Yep. Because if you had thirty. And you moved into a twenty-seven. You left one in the old one. You could take that twenty-seven and attack the next one, and just keep jumping. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was what we definitely all played wrong. So for like six years. <laughs> yep. And but you know what? It was still an excellent game. Still had a lot of great memories. And and again, it was one of those things where, uh, especially on my side of it, um, and and you know, you guys uh, will hear me talk about my dad very fondly all the time. Um, but that. Uh, it was one of those times where he spent the time with us. My dad worked a ton during this time period. From uh, it was like from 1984 till uh, it was like 93 or 94 or something like that. Um, he was working. I mean, just ridiculous. I, I mean, I I became an insomniac just so I could see him when he got home at one o'clock in the morning. And so the fact that he spent the time to play this game with us was just absolutely amazing. It was just, it was, I don't know. There's Words cannot express how grateful I was that I actually got to spend quality time with my dad at that point. So that's, that's, where, I'm, that's where I'm at with that. So rules be damned, right? You know, we, we had a good time with it. And, you know, it was always nice to defeat my dad, even in small victories, because that's just, that's the way kids are. My daughter does the same thing with me when she beats me in something, whatever video game or whatever we're playing. <laughs> So, um, kind of moving on because we're gonna we're gonna cover the three games, um, and then we'll kind of shoot off of that. So, Axis and Allies, right? Natural progression of things. Um, you got your risk. Axis and Allies was next. Came out in 1981, but again, yep. even more yeah. so. I guess that makes sense because they just had the anniversary edition come out. That yep. makes more sense now. But that being said, it, it's a surprise that it's been out that long. I only yeah. discovered that with actually that was. Uh, it was Marty who brought it to my attention, um, and this was back in college. This was back uh, in like 2000, I think it was that I played it the first time, right around there. Yeah, because um, I think we all, the three of us, discovered it at the same time at TSY, in the back room, looking at it, and it was like a seventy or eighty dollar game. Yeah, and and it was one of those games that I, I probably walked by a, a million times, but you know the cover of it looks, it kind of looks like a old timey propaganda pictures of of world war ii right and i mean it it's an excellent game it kind of took the the best aspects of risk and made it into i mean still dice rolling still you still there's still chance involved in it which hey let's be honest in actual war there is chance in there but that being said it it took the rules and made individual units worth more. So they, they defended certain units would attack at, at higher values and defend at lower values and vice versa. So you had to be strategic with it. And then they included um, the IPCs, uh, was it industrial production 
currency or Co- I, coupons, I believe, co- was whatever. Yeah, something. Yeah. But but IPCs, and it it varied depending on which uh, uh group you were part of. So you had the United States, uh, UK, and Russia as the allies, and you had the Nazis and the Japanese as Axis. Right. So you know historically that's the way it was. But each one of each one of those. Uh, groups start with a different amount of, of currency. They have a set amount of troops on the board. So it, the setup is the same in the beginning every single game. And then depending on how you, know, how you take over territories, it, your IPC values can go up or down, and then you just it's all strategy at that. So you got to figure out what units you're going to buy. You got to figure out you know, your attack strategies. You could attack as many times as you could move troops. Just an absolutely amazing game, and as you can tell, I'm very fond of this one as well. At this age, you know, I discovered this game, played it like two or three times, uh, no less than six hours a game, because that's just kind of the way it worked. And then I introduced it to my father because, again, we he loved Risk so much and 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 chess and and Stratego and other you know other strategy games like that. So when I introduced him to this, it was like it was a game changer. Um, this quickly became not only my favorite game but my father's favorite game as well and we would like look absolutely look forward to the times we got to play now we'll have some stories about my dad on that and you guys can elaborate cuz we've all played together you know mm-hmm. um but we'll go ahead and go down the go down the line again so Raidus, axis and allies yeah. man uh yeah um so 2000 2001 uh moved to St. Louis so I finally got within driving distance of Rockford so yeah, I was coming up quite a bit, um, and I think I'd seen the game somewhere, but really had never really paid that much attention. Because again, parents didn't really play that kind of games around here, and being new to St. Louis, didn't really have any friends here to play. So my board game at that time was really limited, um, and pre that was you know Magic Gathering card games and more role playing games. But got to go back to TSY, and that was just amazing because it's like okay, I remember doing TSY as a kid. So I remember walking through and seeing that game. I remember that we played Risk, and I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. But it was like a $75, $80 board game, which I laugh at now because it's like, and I can point at games on my table I played less than I've played Axis and Allies that I paid twice or three times as much. Um, but I was like, okay. And then I don't remember who bought the first copy, but I do know I bought my copy at TSY and fell in love with it instantly. It was. It took everything that I loved about Risk and any kind of strategy game on the computer, but then put in a board game, and just added that extra layer over Risk, where you know Risk is you got one guy, you have one d six. You got three guys, you got three d six. You got fourteen guys, you just only have three d six. Um, and it was always the same, highest number one. But then it's like, oh, planes have a different value, troops have a different value, tanks have a different value, and they all cost different. So then you had the economy aspect of the game. So it took more than just, okay, I got the say, you know, from a chess aspect, like, okay, we all have the same exact number of pieces. They all do exactly the same thing. So you know how, you know, you know what's going to react to going all of a sudden. It's like, all right, I've got 20 men in Russia. I'm going to march. Oh, Germany has 15 tanks, three bombers within striking distance. Those 20 guys are, are going to be dead before I can even use them. Oh, yeah. You know, so it really made you had to start to think about not just your moves, but the repercussions of your moves. It's like, okay, can I afford to have that army crippled by throwing them against that, you know, all those tanks or 
spreading them out thinner and making them targets of airplanes. You know, it's just really cool. And then, of course, just the historical aspect um, and several conversations with your dad, just looking at that initial setup and how not 100% accurate, but was still a fairly decent representation of World War II of, in that was it like, I think it's supposed to be like July 1942 or I whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, very decently, af- you know, accurate representation, but also still taking in mind that it is a board game. And everyone kind of has to have a, a little bit level footing at the start of the game. So, yeah. And it was just, it was so different than anything else, you know, because again, Stratego, chess, risk, everything, you know, you knew what your pieces did. Everyone had the same pieces. It was, you know, you just out maneuvering. And then this game all of a sudden is like, yeah, that's great. But here's this whole thing where it's like, you can have a Russia that's invested in nothing but people and just get steamrolled by a third of the number in tanks. Or not even have that can just be constantly being bombarded by bombers, stuff that you had to look at more than just your positioning. So yeah, that's the first addictive game. Yeah, you know, it is fun, it, but it this really game is, too. is addictive. Every first round, it's like, all right, so if Russia does this, it's like, yeah, but if Russia does this, and Germany can do that. You know, it's like, okay, here's the first perfect round, and then you do it a few times, like, oh, wow, that's one thing Germany can do, or Japan does it completely makes that the worst move now just from the amount of time we've played. Oh yeah. And, and it's one of those games that everybody I ever introduced it to, they love it immediately. Um, if it, okay. (laughs) With the addendum that they like strategy games. Oh yeah. Cause, cause there are people who that's not their, that's not their thing. They're not interested and that's good for them. Um, but, but speaking of real American heroes, Stace, what's your take on Axis and Allies? It was so much the thing I wanted, but I couldn't have. I remember seeing it. This is going to show my age a little bit. When it first came out, <laughs> <laughs> one of the local bookstores, um, one of the local chain bookstores, would display the role playing games and strategy games up to where you could see it right when you walked into the, the front doors. And as a kid, you're just fascinated, like you said about the cover art. On it was just and a poster and. My grandfather was a POW in World War II, and my cousins and I and my, my, some of my family, very much into history, very much into that era. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I want it. Like Ray said, Radis is like, that's expensive. <laughs> you know, this is something yeah. I can't buy. And also, again, having the opportunity with who, you know, a lot of pieces, how many people can you get together? How can you play? So my older cousins, they were quite a bit older than me, you know, five and seven years. They were, they were the first ones I knew that have purchased it. And then when they play, I might be around, but it's with their friends. So I was the hangaround. So I got to watch them and kind of see the interaction with them and them being, you know, trying to be really serious and strategic and making the moves. And that was how I got drawn into it. Eventually, I got to play on a couple of occasions with some friends, but again, didn't own the game, getting enough people together. And like you said, very time consuming, but I was in love with the game. So what did I end up doing? Eventually I found an emulation that I could play on my old computer and I played that. I could play it by myself and kind of get a little bit of that. Nothing quite until I really started playing it with you guys. And we started as friends making a destination time for us. And we're like Rada said about the personalities getting involved. And like <laughs> we're talking about for a couple, cause we'd all have fun with it. I mean, it'd be yep. one of those things where, you know, you, 
depending who we partnered up with, it, it really made a big difference because we'd really get into it. We'd take on, you know, and, and we weren't the per some people would play really safe, and then other people were, you know, it, it just that was almost more the as great as the game is, it's the people coming to the game. In fact, I have very fond memories of your father. In fact, that's some of my favorite times is if I got picked to be on Bill's team, I was thrilled because I knew him and I could talk and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My dad was awesome. It is what it is. So, <laughs> so, okay. So we knocked out uh, risk access and allies. Now we're going to go towards twilight Imperium. So, uh, Radis will probably correct me, but according to my information, it came out in 1997. All right, I got a <laughs> thumbs up. Um, so 1997, um, we, uh, again, um, now this time I'm not super surprised when it came out. I did not play this one until I believe it was 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 2000 that you brought it up, Radis? Because I played uh, it with you first. I want yeah, I want to say it was a little after that because, again, talking about that price, that's another yeah. one of those expensive board games, and I know we talked about it for a good year. So I'm going to guess 01 or 02. That's possible. 2000 was, yeah. was the first printing, well, the second printing of it. Because, again, a $70 Axis and Allies pales to the 110 or more at the time for Twilight Imperium. I think the original so. Twilight Imperium uh, was an $89 price point. Because it didn't have all the expansion stuff in it in the beginning, but the but, but uh, you figure, it could have been. But you figure that it was yeah. it was like eighty nine dollars for the original, and then I believe there were three expansions off of the third edition. The third edition, yeah. yeah. And each one of those, I believe, was a minimum of fifty nine dollars. So to get them all, I mean, you're spending two hundred and fifty bucks for yeah. a game. That you play twice Just twice buying, a year if you're lucky. Um, probably buying fourth edition off of Amazon this yeah, week. Yep. <laughs> which which I just noticed it's on sale. Which we haven't had an opportunity to play fourth edition. At least I haven't had an opportunity to play. Yeah, fourth I haven't edition either. Yet. Um, but, but going going along with with Twilight Imperium. So Twilight Imperium um, takes place uh, in the in some other you know basically some other dimension some other time so it's not necessarily the the following the same path as a, like a world war 2 game or a a a, a earth based war game um it's an intergalactic game um there's planets there's ships there's different races that you can play uh that give you certain bonuses and and or flaws um there's research and development which i i you know Saying that, we didn't really talk about that in Axis and Allies. There's a little bit of research and development in there. Uh, but in Twilight Imperium, there's quite a bit of, of R&D uh, that you can upgrade your, your ships, your troops, uh, all kinds of different things. Um, there's political intrigue. Uh, at a certain point, there's like espionage and um, exploration and war. And I mean, it is, it is, that's why we, you know, we joke about calling it like the mythical unicorn. It is everything that you would ever want in a game, but also so much so that your brain melts a little bit every time you play it because <laughs> it's it's so uh, interesting. Now, one of the reasons I like it is because the way the rules are set up is there's not there's not a 100% set way to play it. Okay. What, I, what I mean by that is, let's say you don't like the, the political part of it, right? You could still have political things, but you don't have to play so much like that. 
or the way the expansions works, I mean, in the uh, the third edition, if you didn't want to use a certain aspect of it, you just didn't use it. Um, everything enhanced the game, but but it wasn't necessarily a game changer to not play a certain aspect of it. You know, it kind of depended on, you know, what you were looking for. You could make it as complicated uh, as you want or as easy as it could get. I'm not going to say it was an easy game to play because it is not. The board is modular, so basically... Uh, you the chances of you having the same uh, arrangement of planets and uh, nebula and asteroids and all kinds of things is nigh impossible to to repeat without you doing it on purpose. And again, there's so many different races that you can play that that have their their merits flaws, and it's it's just I mean I'll again this we could do a podcast just on this game, which we're gonna try not to, um, <laughs> but maybe we will later on. So my first, as far as my first memory, it was with uh, with Ray bringing it down. Um, I believe we did get a full six players. I can't remember exactly who all was there, but I I I, I feel like we had six. It was the four. It was myself, you. Uh, it was us three. Marty, Marty Paul was ah, Paul was not yes. there yet. Paul wasn't there Marty. yet. He wasn't. Well, there won't be because we didn't have a six player because the only other player is someone who won't. Be on the podcast. <laughs> he, he who shall not be named. He who shall not be named, so, but rhymes with oh, Matt. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, I I hear you. Two people. They're actually, yes, you are right. It wasn't Paul. It, it was, was he, one he ex-WoW player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And ex-WoW player, ex-board game player with us, ex-everything yeah, player with yep. us. I forgot. I forgot he was around for that. Who, but there, so, we, yes, you are right. we did no, have a full game, though. Who was the person? Oh, my gosh. We're gonna move on because, and we'll we'll come yeah. back to this if we if we yeah, think about say, it. So I'll, we don't want to edit out as ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> to go off Matthew, what you were saying, that's probably one of my favorite things with it was, yes, it's cripplingly complicated. If someone's not willing to take the time to learn it, and thank God Radis was there to kind of walk us yes. through it, super patient with us. That was a big <laughs> part of it. But when Mecha, basically your only thing you're consistent is Mechatol's in the center, and we start putting the tiles down. And you picked your race. You're you're kind of getting ready. Your mindset for the game, and it's always different. That's one yes. of the things I love about it. That when you set those tiles down, we go around. I know you can do it different ways, but I like the way we do it because yeah, the, the draft is ahead. that's a the the drafting yes. of those. That's a yeah, it's in the rules. But yeah, that that I think is just a genius way because it it, it immediately gets the players involved in the setup, but it's also already you're jumping into the game. Because you're looking at your tiles going, okay, so I've got a, these two plants. I want to get those close to me because they're going to be worth points. Oh, I've got this impassable. Do I want to put it on the other side of the board or do I want to get it close to me to kind of use it as a wall? So even in the setup, you've already really started playing the game. Whereas most games, accidentalized, yeah, 10 minutes to set it up, but it's set up the same way every time. No one's really paying attention to anything. It's just like, okay, four guys there, two planes over here, one, you know, whereas with Twilight, it's like, okay, Everyone's got their race. All right. Everyone's got their color. All right. Let's start playing by setting the board up. Yeah. And you think you know what you're going to do already. You got in your mind. Then you start setting the board. I'm like, I'm going to change my whole strategy. Yeah. Yep. I got screwed and have no planets on my side of the system. I got to go make friends with people. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey. Uh, Dang it. Do, do I want to do I want to trade with Radis, who I know is going to betray me? 
or do I trade with Stacy, well, who is a much more honorable? Or do or do I or do I trade with wow. big, big Papa? Uh, nah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to that story. It, it, uh... We're gonna get to that story. We'll get to that story. Yeah, hey. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Opposite side of the table. I was telling somebody else about that the other day. I'm like. I, you know, it's almost like Beavis and Butt. What are you threatening me? <laughs> yep. You're near my border. You looked at my border. You, you, your ships were pointed two spaces away on your first on move towards <laughs> towards me. So yeah. basically, if I would have taken that territory and just pivoted them ninety degrees, there would have been no war. <laughs> yep, there was no threat at that time. It was almost like uh, President Kennedy up against Castro with the. <laughs> the Cuban Missile Crisis. Pretty right. much. Hey, those can't be yeah, there. Don't, don't. Yeah, the difference, though, is the missiles weren't in your Cuba. They were still in Russia. <laughs> but it was fun doing it that way, though. Oh, no, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Because I especially love the fact that there was at least one player to both sides of you, between you and Matthew, and you still chose to attempt to annihilate him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, hey, but I'm such an attractive person. People just come towards me. It's like, come at me, man. It's cool. <laughs> so, I mean, like our experiences with this game, obviously, are together. And and that's what's really yeah. cool about, about having you guys here is that all three of these games, like, we play together. Like, that's what we do, right? You know, if, if we get together, there's a good chance we're playing a board game. It's it's oh yeah, it's what we do. Yeah. It, you know, builds memories, builds camaraderie. Uh, at times, not necessarily camaraderie, maybe a little bit of a... a, a Arch enemies uh, situations, frenemies maybe, perhaps, uh, Big Papa. But um, <laughs> it's always a good fun. I'm just saying. Um, I hold no grudges. I'm, I hold no grudges. But now, okay, so now we kind of, we, you know, we went over a very, very, very basic, you know, uh, description of these games, right? I mean, there there is a good chance that we're going to revisit these at some point in the future just just because um we can yep. go once especially once we start playing like 4th edition uh Twilight Imperium and uh once we get uh another game of Axis Allies and obviously Risk has a 10,000 different versions and one of them we really really enjoy um yeah but uh so you know let's just go ahead and and throw it out there right let's we've kind of touched on some stuff um, I'm gonna. We're gonna start with you, Radis. Like favorite, or not necessarily favorite. It doesn't. But name name a good memory that you have as far as playing these games. Something that just kind of stands out to you. Uh, wow, there's a lot of memories. Um, so I'm gonna take the obvious one here, or at least the obvious one if you think about it. But I, you know, shout out to your dad, uh, Axis and Allies. Uh, this group I love playing with. Um, love to play when we get when we can get Mad Marty to play. Because he does have a few people in this group, and well, I guess all of us pick on him. In we all pick on him games. in every game. He has yeah, to lose unless matter. he's on my team in Axis Alex. Then he better win, otherwise he's going <laughs> to lose in life. Um, yeah, but those five player games with your dad, um, just you know, watching his his mind work through it, and then just the stories, you know, and like how. So your dad is good at strategies, but sometimes it's like, okay, he can get a little overbearing on yes, players because they'll be like, that was a horrible, horrible move. It doesn't matter if it was a teammate of his or the other teams, and, and he would go, he could get into a little long-winded why that was a bad move. And yes, his arguments were right in reality, but in the board game, in the current situation, it turned out sometimes to be the right move, and he would still be like, oh, you know, that would be horrible. And it's like, you know, great mind thinking that, but it's like, it's still, it's still just a board game based on dice roll. 
I marked, you know, somebody marched into it with double the amount of troops. Yeah, they're probably not going to walk out a bit unscathed, but, you know, from the board game aspect, probably a pretty decent move. Um, and I always, you know, found those fun and interesting. Um, and even whenever I was the target, like, oh, that was a horrible move. Like, yeah, that kind of stunk. But um, those were some of my favorite, just listening to your dad and, and seeing your dad kind of loosen up and yes. become part of the group where, you know, outside of the board games, yeah, he'd walk in if it wasn't a strategy game, but you can always just tell us, like, he would lose interest real quick and be sociable, never be mean or anything, and then just kind of walk back off and eat his apple or whatever he was cutting, whatever he was <laughs> His slicing. radish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but when it came to us, if we mentioned Axis and Allies, you could almost see it in his head, like, I'm going to play. And yeah. it, was, it was never a, uh, sorry, we, it was always like, hey, we got four, want to play? Or we'd even start, it's like, hey, let's play Axis Allies. Who are we going to call? We'll see if your dad wants to play. Oh, yeah. You know, I just thought that was kind of, that was, that was, uh, that always stuck with me. And, and I, I do miss that. Yeah. So. And, and to the point where, uh, at, you know, like we'd be at my, at my condo and we'd have like kind of an impromptu game. Like we weren't necessarily planning on it, but, yeah. we're, but, you know, we get a bunch, you know, we get people together and, you know, you kind of look around and you're like, one, we have four. We have four. Let me call my dad real quick. And I'd call my dad and, He's over. And yeah. there was one time, there was only one time ever he didn't come. And he was uh, basically on the verge of pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. And even then, yeah. he's like, oh, you know, like, Ugh, I really want to do it. Don't yeah. kill, don't get us all sick, dad. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah. That's awesome. So, I appreciate uh, that. That price sticks out. All yeah. Right. I appreciate um, that. Thanks, man. <laughs> now, like I said, I loved all that. And, and Axis Allies is, is still up there on my list. But, you know, just any of our games with Twilight and, for those memories, it is the interaction. It is the I've declared war on someone who's on the opposite side of the board, and it's only the second round of the game. You don't even have more than four ships, and you've threatened somebody. Or uh, it's just the the watching Jeff slowly, slowly implode because Paul screwed him <laughs> for whatever reason. Now wait, wait, um, wait! There, just one moment. Paul screwed him over. It was always no. you and Paul screwed him over. <laughs> no, 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 never. You were not um, allowed to sit next to each other anymore. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, okay. You I, would figuratively I, I, be handing him the dynamite and the lighter, and then you would wonder <laughs> why things blew up. Pretty I much. Say, yeah. I never attacked him. I may have <laughs> pulled him out, leave him alone, just knowing that what he was going to do would be bad. But uh, no, and I, I do feel bad for Jeff because I do. I, I like playing with Jeff, and I I, I wish he'd play more. Um, and I do understand, you know, getting picked on is kind of a, a downer, but you know, when Jeff's into it and he knows he's going to get picked on and then he can play the role of the spoiler. I just watch, love watching Jeff do that when he, when he finally figures out that, yeah, he's not going to win, but he can also make sure somebody else doesn't yeah. or he can go, I, I can make sure that I know who will win. Um, I like watching Jeff do that too. Those yeah. are some of my, some of my favorite memories I, from definitely Twilight Imperium on that. Yeah, I, ha I have a memory with him. It's a different game, but it's the exact same thing where he goes, he said, there is no way I'm going to win this turn, but I'm going to decide who does win. Matt, you're the winner. And he throws down a card. That, it was a yeah. different game. Throws down a card, which yep. essentially gives right. me the winning point. And it's like, yep. there you go. You know, that's yep. which, hey, he's, that's, he's good about that. Yep. All right. Well, so I said, Jeff, he may not be, you know, the, the A++ strategy player, but he does always make the best of his situation so he gets his little victories where he can and that he does that quite a bit where he's like all right i'm not i'm not gonna win i'm taking at least somebody out with me 
or I'm taking the one other person out so that person three wins. Oh so, yeah. Yep. Yep. So that so that an, an, another underdog gets that shot. Yeah. Yep. And secretly, don't let Jeff know, but I have now started playing all games to try to keep him from being able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He is going to listen to this. I'm just telling oh, I know you. He is. I know. And that's why I said I mean, we're going to be playing some Twilight Fourth Edition soon. Yeah, we're going to make him. We're going to tie him, tie him to the chair. <laughs> All right, Stace. What about you? Fond memory. Actually, I just I got to go along with Ray. I really with your dad being there, um, just the passion he had for the game, and the fact he would be there with us and kind of just getting in the mix and just being one of the guys and it was just a lot of fun for me you know it's one of those things where he found joy in it um for me honestly it was the times i spend with with a group of people playing any board game that is the most important thing for me i mean i i want to win of course and you know me i like to win what? but the biggest part <laughs> i get out of it is oh my gosh you figure you're sitting down with a a, a group of sharks who are strategy board game killers and if you go in there and you take it too seriously you'll be really disappointed most of the time so i come to the table knowing you guys know what you're doing you guys are very very good at playing these games but i also i'm like i value my own you know strategic level playing but i'm gonna have fun with it so i'm gonna mix it up it's my big thing is I hope that I'm never boring when I come to one of these games. That's the big thing. <laughs> You're not. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, the, you know, I do want to – there's days where I'll, I'll come in and I want to do something and be very, you know, plotting and this and that. But let's be honest. These are long games. They're very involved. Um, but you do get to a point where you have that realization, like you said, about Marty. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. He'll figure out at some point. He'll make that Fisher cut bait moment where he's like, I've done the, the the mental gymnastics in my head, and I can't win this thing. What am I going to do? What's going to make, it, make me want to stay in the game, or how I'm going to you know make my impact? That's kind of how I am too. As far as I want to make sure that I'm in it, and till the end, I'm going to be doing something that's going to make it more interesting. Oh so, yeah. But Twi- Twilight yeah. is probably my favorite with our group, next to Axis and Allies, only because it's such an interesting in-depth game. But Axis and Allies has a very special place in my heart because especially with the fact of you can have a little be a little more social in it, because with Twilight, you have to pay attention to so many moving pieces and parts. Yeah. If if you if you're more social than game, you can't pay attention. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Well, that's the one advantage. So Axis and Allies is a three on two faction in however you, you break your players up into that. So yeah. So if you're on the allies, there's two turns. You don't really have to pay attention to what's going on. You just kind of got to know, okay, the U.S. or whoever didn't totally screw up, and now they're down to, you know, two two countries, no IPCs, and the other team's one step. But, yeah, Twilight, since it's a free-for-all, especially in a six-player game, even the guys across the map, you need to know what he's doing because that's going to directly affect the two people next to him that are directly going to affect the next, the, you know, round to you. So even if you go, well, that, that, that move didn't have anything to do with me. It's like, well, it will next round because that's going to ripple all the way around the board. So you need to know where that ripple started to know what you need to do. Whereas Axis and Allies has that little bit of a, a leeway because it's a team game. Yeah. Um, well, I like really, the, there's different ways to win too. I mean, that, yeah. the fact that there's just not, you know, when you're going for those victory points, you can start off with one strategy, but you could go ahead and work 
a primary plan A and B, and maybe even a C, if you've got the skills for it, I usually, it's a plan A, plan B. But like you said, you've got to watch everybody on the board in the, the cross talk and the side talk and some of the deals that are getting woven in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things, especially with Twilight, is you could be getting played above the board and below the board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing, you know, because you're right. You're strategy A, and you may go, okay, I'm going to do strategy A. But if you notice two other people are, are trying to do strategy A, it's like, all right, that ain't going to work. I'm, I'm not going to be able to fight two other people to get those two or three victory points. So you go to B, and then you're like, all right. And then, well, just your luck. Those two people notice the same thing and shift it, and you're like, crap. Now I can come up with the C. So, yeah, you got to constantly be changing and, and reevaluating. And yep. And, yeah, if you're not paying attention, it's you're going to miss something. Um, I've got a buddy who is – ridiculous on winning this twilight period every time he plays but he has one strategy and everyone ignores it he just picks number eight every time and the in yeah in that version i didn't they and, didn't they change that in four I, ha- uh, I haven't seen it yet i i think they added so i know in third in one of the expansions they changed the way number eight works so it wasn't a victory point anymore every time so you could pick and choose so that you could stop people from just doing that um because it, it, it for my opinion it kind of diluted the game a little bit He's like, I win. It's like, yeah, but you just make it to where no one else can ever really play the game. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so and that's why he won, because we'd all still just play the game. It's like, whatever. He's halfway, whatever. He's going to win, but we're at least still have fun. Yeah. And whoever comes in second technically won. Yeah. Um, so uh, lost my train of thought. So that's okay. I'll shut up. Yeah, that's cool. So <laughs> so fondest memories. So for me, um, it goes to Axis and Allies, and it actually is not a game that I played with you guys. Uh, I was, uh, my dad, uh, was, we were, you know, there was, we had no opportunity to play with a big group. So, uh, for uh, my dad's birthday, I actually bought him a copy of Axis and Allies so he could have it at the house. And we, we decided to, to, to play it, you know, uh, you know, we tried to get a couple of people, but it, we just couldn't get a group. If you don't get a group of five, it, it's kind of weird. Like if you have a, uh, you could do it with three sort of, you know, if one person plays the allies and two people play the axis, but it's just, it's just strange. So my dad and I decided to play axis versus allies one-on-one, right? And it was such a good game. And I mean, we played a long time. Um, but the, the cool thing about it was, is when I beat him, and and I mean I I beat him to the point where like one of his quotes and and he used to say this all the time was and I and I, I don't it is what it is but he go that's unconscionable like he kept saying that and and I'm like I don't know if that means what you think it means but I mean you know no <laughs> but regardless but it was cool you know like he he was because you could just tell he was frustrated you know like I'd have a, tr- a troop transport and he'd send a bomber after it and I would roll a one and he'd roll a six and loot you know. And it was just game over, right? So, but I, but I ended up beating him, and it was one of those situations where I looked at the board, and I and, and I'm like, okay, there's Germany. I've got these guys here, these guys here, this here, this here. If I go in with the UK, or if I go in with Russia and do this, and then go in with the UK and do this, and then go in with the United States with everything I've got, and I'm like doing the the <laughs> doing the the Rain Man math, right? Where it's like ding ding ding. And I'm like, I think I'm going to take Germany. I, I, he'll t- he'll be able to take it back the next turn. Like, there's no way I'm keeping it. But the fact that I'm going to take all of his IPCs, th- that's game over. 
Like, I mean, it, it's a slow death at that point. And I did it, and I, uh, my, the victory was literally one troop left on there. And my dad was so frustrated, and he, he actually conceded. And that was something huge because my dad is he he's a he's a my dad's a winner, okay, um, and and he likes to win, but it what when he conceded he's like looking at me and it, and he looked at me in a way that didn't happen very often just just because, and he was proud, and it was like a proud moment that his son bested him, and not just out of sheer luck because it wasn't luck he knew that I very specifically came up with a strategy that beat him. And he, I mean, I mean, it was one of those things where he's like, well, I will pass the torch to my son, you know? And after that, it, you know, my dad never took anything for granted that I did as far as the, the strategy games. He always knew that like, I, you can't, you can't leave an opening. I will find it and I will, I will exploit it. So yeah, that was a fond memory. Just, just me and my dad fireplace going, I think we uh, started the day with a Bears game and ended it with a board game. It was a, it was a fun. It was a really, really great day, you know. And nice. and I, and I'll have, I have that related, forever. I have a related fond memory, but it's not playing the game. Um, when first got married, and you know, again, wife and the stepdaughters are moving in with me, and just we're getting used to each other. And we've been, I think, probably maybe in year two. I had went out and purchased a collector's edition of Risk. And it was like one of the special editions. And I was going to leave it mint in box. I wasn't going to do anything with it. I was probably going to wait till I found it again on sale somewhere if I could find it and maybe open that one. But I was going to keep this one for me because it was just, it was something special to me. Came home from work one day. And if you'd asked me this, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, it was too soon. Don't bring it up. But the oldest has got it open and out and there, and she's interested in it. Cause she's like, I thought we could play. And it was one of those things where I look back and it's one of my favorite memories and the fact that I could laugh about it because I was so befuddled that they had opened it. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and I said, you know, honey, I'm like, that wasn't for, and it's like, the fact that she was interested and wanted to play the game and we were going to play it as a family was, and it's still at this point is still one of those things I'm, you can still have a laugh at because my wife will still go too soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Oh, yeah. So now but it's, it so now it's a, a, a running uh, inside yeah. joke. That's awesome. So it's not just playing the game with risk. It's one of those things where I was just, like you said about your dad was proud of you. I was just glad she was even interested in playing, playing risk. Yeah. It, so next question, right? Most triumphant moment. We'll start with you, Radis. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's like just one that jumps out. I don't know if I've ever actually had just a, I know in Twilight Pyro, I've never had just that crushing win. It's always, because especially with the victory point. It doesn't have to be uh, a win. Keep that in mind. No, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, I'm like even just trying to think of, I know there's been all kinds of times where in X allies, uh, because we've had the discussion of the, the dice randomness is a little, little cheesy at time because you could have that Rambo. Hey. Um, <laughs> and I guess that might be it. It's, it's the Rambo in Russia. 
know, <laughs> stack of stack of 30 dudes and Jeff just brings every bit of German firepower he can onto it and obliterates, you know, for my for like the first eight rounds. And then it was just nope, nope, nope. And just that one Rambo just doing it. I know that's at least happened once. So that might be the one because I that has become a running joke with that game is like, oh, there's that Rambo because you just run over it. And then all of a sudden it's just a one dude left. Like, ah, I got this. And then by the time the dust has settled, it's one dude <laughs> and the guy's attacking. He's like, I have lost like 85 IPC to that two IPC dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so. you're, you're like, you're like, you do the math and you and you think to yourself, okay, if I bring a yep. tank and two troops and there's only one, one of their troops, Okay, yeah, that defends at two. Minor attacking at one, but the tank attacks at a three. So you're like you're running the numbers. You're like, yeah, this should be a no brainer. And then you yeah. go in there and you lose. And you're like, huh? All right. Next turn comes around, or or maybe the next uh, uh, part of that faction comes around, does the same thing. They're like, well, you didn't do it. I'm gonna go in with uh, you know a plane, a tank, and two troops, and that one troop survives it again and and you're like what is happening i had i had a transport like that once that that transport took out four four planes (laughs) with one transport and 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 again my dad that's unconscionable yep yeah so that's probably i don't even remember if it was jeff that brought it i just remember whoever it was i was russia and pretty much lost Everything was just a really bad roll until that final stand. And, you know, it was the, the traditional, all right, I've got 20 IPC, put 10 dudes. I'm done. Next round, 20 IPC, 10 dudes. I'm done. And then they finally built up enough and marched in. And it was Russia stood. And, like, all of the German forces were pretty much wiped out because they, they were like, we're going for the win. And then just like, okay, I don't remember if the game turned around or if they finally did win, but I do remember – had that happen a couple different times. It always feels good. And I feel a little bad for the attacking. Cause it's like, yeah, four planes, a bomber, six or seven <laughs> tanks, a bunch of dudes, even versus 20 to 25 guys. Yeah. You probably should have won bombers rolling three dice should have probably wiped out. And it's like, yeah, they did. And then all of a sudden it was just, Nope, you're one death, one death, one death. And it's like, come on. <laughs> so what about you Stace? Ray's got it again. I tell you what, there's nothing more satisfying. The the, the pleasure in seeing, I just think of it's like a Thermopylae moment. It's your, it's your 300 moment. You're, you're, you're the, the none shall pass. This is Sparta. You get those, exactly. You get those consistent roles. And, you know, I had been on the other end of it. I've, you know, I think we all have. But to that pleasure, just, that, just a little giddiness where it's like, ha ha, little Nelson yep. in you. He's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> But but I also I remember having like heavy bombers with Germany and I'm thinking oh this is nothing and next thing you know you've got you know you, you're sending heavy bombers that you've done the R and D and built up and send in there and it's like I didn't make a dent what the heck yeah you know you you roll nine dice and don't get a single hit nine dice at what four I believe it was yeah, yeah. and you and you don't yep. get a single hit <laughs> yep. but to give you something different other than I don't want to copy Ray but here's the deal playing Twilight. And Voldemort was playing with us, right? He should not be named. And <laughs> it's one of those things. Always asking for it. I mean, it's, you will see always, people, always but the person because you don't know fight. how to knife fight. So that's the reason. <laughs> always got to poke the bear, right? And the thing is, it's an easy kill, but it's like so 
stop it. And to see the, the frustration on his face, just to put put him out of his misery. And then he goes to another room and pouts. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things where it's yeah. like, I, I shouldn't be mean, but we're there having fun with friends. Don't be a douche. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Sorry. a great memory. So no, that's, I think it's a great memory for everyone, everyone except for one person at that table. So yeah, that, that was a, that was a fun game. So, so you we're st- friends when we got to the table, we're friends when we walk away from the table, you can yep. be competitive, but you don't got to be mean spirited or don't yeah. got to be, you're not, you know, it's one of those things. Someone comes in with that big of an ego to a table, to a, that difficult of a game. I know I've been humbled playing that game, but I still loved every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so you stole my thunder a little bit, but I'm going to get very specific. So um, there was a time we were playing Twilight Imperium, and and Voldemort uh, decided to declare war on me. You know, and it was unprovoked, and I I don't even think any of his mission cards had that as part of it. Right? I think he was just. I'm going to be an attacker. You know, I'm going to play this like I'm going to play Axis and Allies. Which, hey, God bless him, right? My goal that day was not to win. My goal that day was to wipe him utterly from the map to the point where he could never return. And I succeeded. And I remember when I did and he realized he didn't get a turn anymore, he literally got up from the table and went home crying. Now, not literally crying, but he was pouting, and it yep. felt really good. And again, it's not because you know we know him as Voldemort now. It was because at that moment, like he came, he came at me, right. <laughs> and I and I yeah. wiped him from the board. And and I didn't win. I didn't win that game. But it was so satisfying that I could make sure he couldn't do. I don't even think he cleared three points in that game. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. I think there's a lot of games with that particular player involved that the story ends and then he went home and then he went home and pouted (laughs) (laughs) and if you're listening hey if you're listening god bless you man your name's voldemort to us (laughs) the the amount of camaraderie and the amount of fun and and actually well-intentioned fun that you can have even though you know you know ray's going dark side he's going to be doing something (laughs) behind the scenes you know he's building. Jeez, he's Raidus is building. Well, you're working at about five different levels, man. You're good at what you're doing, but you're also, you know, it's change my play, play now. That, <laughs> playing so that mental off. game too. And again, you'll have you'll have Marty who's sitting there playing very. You can read him like a book. You kind of know what he's doing, but you also don't know at what point he's going to say, "Hey, I'm just going to throw my support behind so and so." But again, mm-hmm. it's everybody knows going in, we're gonna have a really fun time for a lot of hours, it, and it's a time investment. A lot. But also, it's like you don't get butt hurt over the first little thing. You you know that you're gonna have some setbacks, but in the end, I don't see a single person being upset about losing. <laughs> no, not, not really. Even no, even even if they were right there on the edge and they got it, they were had it taken away. For, you'll have that again, that moment of frustration, but then you're like, "Well played, well played." Yeah. Well, you're your own yeah. hardest critic at that point. Yeah, you're, you're hard. You're you're upset yourself, maybe. You're not upset anybody at the table. No, not at all. No, no, no. not at all. And and that's nice, but like in the straight, just a little off topic, but still on the broader topic with our group, itty board game. That's 
that's why I love playing with our group in Rockford and why like me being in St. Louis sucks because I would love to play more. Stays in, you know, in Indiana sucks because again, I love to play more. But you know, that short period of time when we were all in that Rockford area and we're able to play on a more consistent is like I miss that. Um and it's so sad now because I look, it's like, yeah, we were playing games, but man, the from that point in time to now, just the the quality of board games that are out there. I know we're talking about very three, very specific, but just in general. And even just in this topic, when you're looking going from risk, great game, simple game, to access and allies, takes that simpleness, expands it and goes, okay, sets it to a historical, adds a little bit, adds a couple layers to it. To Twilight Imperial is like, okay, let's take that risk and let's just go, okay. This is now, you know, Albert Einstein level risk with Stephen Hawking standing on the side <laughs> commentary. Um, and it, it's just the the next strategy game, you know, that there's three of them out there I'm hunting to try to get a copy of that takes Twilight Imperium and then takes it up another notch. But from what I've seen, isn't as a complicated step as it is from Axis Now to Twilight. And so, the, well, that's and, the thing. I'll scratch that itch and get a little bit of the satisfaction out of playing some of the online versions of like risk. Cause I don't have yeah. anybody that, you know, a big, good group around here yet to play with. But I look forward to, you know, hopefully once things get back to normal and if Gen Con starts coming back online after COVID, you guys, I'm not taking oh, yeah. no for an answer. You guys are coming <laughs> here. And, and, and I honestly think it's an opportunity for your podcast too. Cause if people listen to the podcast, that might be a great place to have people come is come to Gen Con. Well, where our swag. Say, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. And the thing is, I think that we're going to have some uh, good times ahead, some future playing that we're going to really enjoy and not just remember the, you know, the times before because we've got opportunity. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Brainstorm for after. So, okay. We will. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask some uh, quick, some quick questions. Okay. So uh, you can make it elaborate if you'd like, but here we go. Risk. What is the first, if you had to choose a country to take, or a, a continent, sorry, a continent to take, which one? You can say in risk, Radis. Australia. One way in, one way out. Cool. It's not worth a whole lot, but you lock up that pretty easily, and you can fortify that country, and then slowly push out. Yep. Stace, what about you? He stole again. Australia. <laughs> but the, I'm going to tell you, secondly, South America, because again, Two ways, you know, you basically got over to Africa and then up to Central America. But yeah, Australia is a no brainer because if you play smart and you can go ahead and get a foothold there, you can work your way out of that and the game opens up. That's fair. It's the easiest one to protect from that eggshell aspect because you've if got you, five you get North, yeah. sectors there. So if you get North America, Holy cow. A lot of times you're playing defense. You really don't ever get to move out, and you never get to hold it. And if you end up in Europe or in Asia, you're, you, know, you really are fighting for your life most of the time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You see, the thing about it is, is I'm going to disagree with both of you a little bit and say North America. My reasoning is because you get a decent amount of uh, points or uh, uh, buy points, basically. Yeah, yeah um, you end up with like nine troops. It's, it's it. not easily defensible but it's not impossibly defensible like ru- like North russia America. or like like asia is oh, yeah. like that's asia, ridiculous you know europe is a little bit easier than asia but it's butted up right against asia right 
So, but for, for, for... in the tail end, because if you're not paying attention, how many times have you seen somebody forget about the the troops that are that can go ahead and ferry over from Asia, and it'll just sneak up and go through Alaska? Because that's the one thing. It is, yeah, you can do it there, but you got to really pay attention because they'll backdoor you. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And but it also I don't know, and it may this may be a you know US thing, but at least in our group, if anyone does control North America, it seems everybody automatically focuses you. Whereas someone who controls South America or Australia, or even someone who has fully captured Asia, they don't immediately become that target. But I know in our our group it's I think it's it may be that stupid American ego, stupid but like, oh, control, yeah, all of North America. <laughs> so um a good one but for our groups and again just, again that's just me oh yeah it's cool oh, you asked for opinion yep so next question axis and allies what's your favorite country to play radius japan same reason uh, I, it, uh no actually i it's because i actually enjoy the pacific aspect of world war ii cool. um and for me it's, it's more of a history buff um i history i I think the German tank and the German tech at that time is really fascinating how they were so more advanced than everyone else when it came to, you know, artillery and all of that, but their egos pushed into Russia and oil doesn't move very well in cold temperatures. <laughs> and they had shifted all that away from diesel, which was an even worse product from world war one. So um, they made strategic mistakes where they're, Technology was better, um, but I just I don't know, the whole Pacific planes and ships and all of that. Uh, I don't know. I just enjoy that dynamic more. Um, plus, for me, in the the just that whole playing Japan and that you don't end up with the thirty troops versus thirty troops ever. Yeah, you could have a decent sized fleet of eight ships or so, but those fights went a lot a lot quicker. You know, four battleships versus you know three subs. Yeah, you got maybe three rounds of rolling. Whereas if you go in from Germany into Russia and Russia's just stockpiling people because they're just playing defensive, then it's like, okay, this fight could take 10 minutes, you know, because yeah. you can only roll so many dice, you know, and you roll in those dice and you're like, all right, that's, that's eight hits. You move those over. All right. Now I got to roll all my dice. All right. Where do you want to apply those hits? Whereas, you know, Japan just is always a much smaller versus the U S. Um, and if Germany does what's, they're supposed to. Russia isn't much of a threat after yep. about the third round. Yep. So that's fair. Yep. All right. Big Papa, what's yours? Germany, just for the tech. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, <laughs> it it is such a I mean weighted advantage at one point. I, I like playing America. I I really do. But I, I'll be honest. Me transporting troops and kind of you know bringing because again you you know you got to get everything over there always seems it's such a slog. And the thing is that beyond the actual European continent already and having the, the higher tech, really, if you play it smart, can be really unfair sometimes. But I, I'm, oh, with yeah. Ray, I'm with Raida, so Japan's a great foothold to get in there because same thing, you really control. It's going to take a lot to dig you out of there. It oh, really it does. And, 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 yeah. and that's a, if you, you, know, you get somebody like Raidus or you, in there, you know you got to fight on your hands. Yep, yep. So for me personally, uh, Russia, I love playing Russia, and part of that is because, like you were talking about earlier with the the emulators, I had a, I had a access mm -hmm. to ally video game yep. that was 
exactly what the board what the board game was. So it was the yes. exact rules, right? No no deviations at all. And yeah. I was able to 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 the best of anybody's ability probably perfect Russia's first attack or should I say attacks. And most of the people that we play or that that in our group that play when they play Russia, they might do a little bit of attacking in the beginning, but they go on defense very very quickly. For me, I go my first attack is balls to the wall, right? I mean, I'm I got I'm sending planes out on on like solo missions. I've got you know my sub and my uh, my troop carrier trying to take out a battleship. I've got uh, you know troops coming in and sweeping, uh, doing a flanking maneuver on um, I think it's Western Germany or something. Because um, I think Ukraine is taken. Yeah, Ukraine's taken, if I'm not mistaken, by the by the Germans. So I flank uh, uh, Western Europe and, and basically cut off Ukraine from the main group. And again, knowing that it's going to be taken back immediately, but it sets Germany back a turn from being able to blitz in and do stuff to me. And Serbia up on their toes too. Pretty much. And and I'm so ultra aggressive with it. Now I know I know that if even half of my attacks are not successful that I'm going on defense because I've, I've, you know, spent every amount of, of troop that I could in that first thing. But if I'm more than 50% successful, you know what? The axes are screwed and, and, and I'm not saying they can't win, but they're screwed for like two turns and, well, and, like and that, that life. Yeah, and if you have they're a good, gonna, they're going to keep them. You're going to keep them tied up. Yep, and they're going to have to put a lot of resources towards defeating you. Absolutely, and and I just I've had a lot of success with it, and so that's my favorite. Now my my second favorite, I'm just going to throw this out there, is Japan, and it's it's kind of like with what Radis is saying, except for um, my big battle or my big attack is attacking the United States, right? Doing Pearl Harbor, but actually taking the island. Because that hoses the United States for, again, at least at least an extra turn, if not more. Because if, uh, because uh, it's harder yeah. for them to do anything at that point. They can come in, and, and you know, the thing is, is that they, can, they have resources that can come in and potentially take that, the waters back. But it's exceptionally hard to take an island with those resources. So the fact that they don't have that staging point just throws them off. I mean, you, you have other islands, but it, it, it's just not the same. And it, it like Hawaii is the best staging point for the United States to, to go over if they haven't taken anything yet. So yeah, it's a lot of fun there. So next question, Twilight Imperium, favorite race. Mm, that That's a tough one. Cause There's a lot of good Hawaii. ones. Well, yeah, I would say, and I, I, I have not got to play all of them. That's, that's yeah. the, the real problem. Um, I think from the ones that I've played, because the edition I had was second. Uh, where was it? Where was the list of those? Right now, everybody is looking at lists of the races because we don't know the names because they are strange. No, because yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Come on, it's Hasian, Letnev, Nor, Dornal, Saul, and XXCHA. Literally, it looks like somebody's just let's name this race. Hit the keyboard. There you go. Um, ASDK. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know if I really have a favorite from the original ones. I really like the uh, from the expansion the the race that is pretty much the Borg. 
So every time they win major battles, they can take tech from yep. the person they beat. Is that the one that no starts idea. off with the... It's not called the Death Star. We we always call it the Death Star. Uh, yeah, the uh, Sun Crusher, Sun Star, something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, no, but I think they're the ones that start really close. So like, they, like second round, they can buy the tech and have one built pretty quick. I guess from the original ones, the one I really like playing from the original set war was it Saul. It was the humanoid race that yeah. just kept dropping they're, you know, the cockroaches because they just kept dropping troops on any planet that they controlled every round for free. Um, so they would dig into a planet and it was hard to get them out of there. They didn't really have any other really great, you know, changes to them. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I guess I would have to say that out of the starting ones, they're all pretty bland. So that's why I don't really think I have a favorite. Um, and I haven't got to play with enough of the expanded races or any of the new stuff from the fourth is that there's like 19 of them now in the fourth edition box. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, they, they basically took ev- the, the base game and the three expansions, put it all into one game and streamlined it. Yeah. Um, oh, holy crap. Uh, so 17 in the fourth edition. And then if you pick up the Prophecy of Kings expansion, it ups it by another seven to 24 races. Oh, my goodness fourth gracious. Edition. That is. Yeah, we're definitely playing some fourth edition soon. Woo, man alive. That is crazy. All right. Yep. So, Stace, what do you got, bro? Well, the Yasari is, is kind of the one that I always... But the Nor, I mean, it's one of those things where... You know me. I'm <laughs> I'm lawful good most of the time. You know, <laughs> I'm, 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 so the, anytime we're doing a game like that where I get to play somebody that's a little shady or some brotherhood that's you know getting a bit more... that That's always fun for me. So, yeah, it's... Especially some of the ones with the play... When you start getting their special skill sets... Anything that's anytime they got the special skill sets of some of the warfare, or even if it's not like a, a race, it's like a tank race of some kind where they do have diplomacy or they have some kind of secrets. That's going to make it more fun for me. Right. So definitely, definitely that. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, my favorite race, which I'm not seeing it on the list here, um, but for all intents and purposes, they're spacefaring Jawas. Um, the, I can't remember their exact name because it's not it's not popping up on my list. But basically, right. basically, I think they came in uh, like the second or third expansion, and I mean they they essentially collect junk, right? But in that junk, there's technology and all these different things. Now, the reason why I like them so much is when they brought in um, like a, a motherships, right? <laughs> Theirs was my favorite. Because it didn't attack worth a darn, but if you destroyed it, if the if the opposing team destroyed it, everything in that sector was destroyed. So essentially, you could park that wherever you want, and if it was in a certain uh, space lane, and in order for somebody to do anything about it, they had to sacrifice something. Now, here's the key, though. Um, I wouldn't leave it alone, right? I'm going to have some kind of fighter escort. It's not just going to sit there, but somebody's going to have to come in and arguably lose quite a bit of resources. Now, yeah, obviously I would too, but it was just it was just fun to mess with people like that. I I like that. Or actually no, 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 that wasn't my favorite. You know what? There's the one. It's the one that can open the wormhole. See, I was thinking that was It's the that one. Shot. I just, it just it just popped in my head. That's yeah, my favorite. That's, 
Yeah, that's the one where they got to place a wormhole somewhere on the map on the on the system, and their mothership acted as an yes. A or B one. Yes, and if it died, it took everything out in that sector. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was that, a fun that's race my too. favorite. I just it, yeah. Now now the one I played the most, um, man, it was the cat race, the traders. That, uh, no, I think it's uh, the. It's not Letnev. All uh, Emirates of Hassan, isn't it? Mm, yes. Yes, Emirates yes. of Hassan. Yes. So, they, they, I, like, I did like playing in, in in the beginning. I like playing them a lot. Um, yeah. Just just because that it, that's a camaraderie thing because they're they they're great traders essentially. So yep. you know it's 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 a different style of play. Um, on the little uh, uh, wiki page or whatever I'm looking at, it said best played by hippies, which I'm kind of offended by that. <laughs> um, but I, but I do, I do understand the concept. They're not necessarily the warfaring race. You can turn them into it, which inevitably I did with all of the the resources that I gathered. However, I can see why people would say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely a lot of fun there. Um, Necrovirus is the name of the race that I enjoyed. Oh, dude. <laughs> there's so there's so many good and here's the thing there's not a race that's bad you know you might prefer one over another but there's not one that's just that doesn't have something that's has a, some kind of redeeming quality you know and again i i see radius there uh for the listeners he's kind of like mm, i don't know i yeah. might disagree there's I'm something i don't there, want. there was one that did something with trade goods and that was like the that was their whole thing and it yeah, never seen anyone use that very well. That's the one I just said, the Hassan ones. Was it no, no, because because they because they they could block all trades. No, this one was like literally, like I said, all they did was something. As long as they had trade goods, they could do stuff. Well, of course, because they're traders, they do trade stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because the the Hassan one is good because you can. Uh, where did it go? Uh. Faction abilities, yeah. You do not have to spend a command token to resolve a second ability to trade. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And then you can negotiate transaction with players who are not your neighbor. And when negotiating transaction, action cards can be exchanged as part of that transaction. Now, those are all good ones. There's one that does something that's just a very basic. They can spend one trade good to do something. It may even be like to buy one action token for... Oh, I think like, that's what it was. It, like, they yeah, it was yeah. an okay ability, but it, it was one of those... You had to go so out of the way to get the trade goods that by the second or third round you were out of trade goods. Yeah, because you were spending them to compensate for the lack of funds to keep moving. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm I'm chomping at the bit, guys. I've just we've got to we've got to get together. Yeah. You just say we're good, and I will buy this board game this week. <laughs> But hey, yeah, we will definitely uh, figure that out. Even if we just do like a three-player yeah. game or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely get that figured out. And same thing for you, Stace. We've got to get you in town. And I know, you know, hey, I know that that my wife and I have talked about you know going on a road trip. Um, but as soon as we're able to, I'll make the drive, brother. Absolutely, that's a, absolutely. That's definitely worth the trip. Oh yeah. So we're gonna close this guy up. Um, definitely a lot of. I mean, and again, we could make we can go on and on and on because when we do get together, it it usually starts off with us playing board games and then us talking crap about <laughs> about Voldemort or Marty yeah, or yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, we have one last question. Oh, what's your question? 
No, it's the it was supposed to be the question of this. So oh oh yeah, for, Saturday. Dur-ka-dur. No, yeah, no other requirements. So you have a group, and that group can fit any number of players. So it's not like you've got six players. What game? Whatever game you pick, you you have the the amount of players to play. So your group needs to decide. And it's a little unfair, but it is the options. What do you pick? Do you pick to play multiple games of Risk? Do you pick to play one, maybe two games of Axis and Allies? Or do you play an all-day Twilight Imperium? And I'm going to throw in there, the there are different versions of uh, Risk and Axis and Allies. Because you got Axis and Allies and Zombies. Right. You've got yep. Risk has a million different versions. So, I mean, keep that in and mind. And I would say... And we lump them all. So if you pick risk, it's like, okay, we're going to play a risk game. And I'm not just saying the base risk. So if you're like, hey, we want to do, let's play risk legacy all day or whatever. But we're just saying that's the base choice. Just like in Twilight Imperium, we want to play first, second, third, fourth, what expansions. It's just like, those are the games. You've got all of them on the table. You've got the players to fill, you know, maximum in the game. Or if you just want to play three players with one of them, what game do you pick? Mm. and why again mm. go as elaborate as you want or as quick knowing that we are running long all right well so. i'm I'm gonna start on this one and and thank you for reminding me of that question since that was <laughs> yeah. the initial yep. question of the whole thing um yep. that we talked about um so uh for me personally um it's been a long time uh since i've played any of these games actually um uh, but if I had to pick one, I probably would say Axis and Allies. Um, it is it is my, officially my favorite game uh, out there. Uh, I have not played it in over three years um, because because my father passed, and that was kind of our thing. And it, um, I'm just now in a spot where I feel like I can play that and not feel like I'm betraying him somehow. And and it's that's my own baggage, and it is what it is. Um, but I love that game so much, and I really want to play it again. Uh, and I know that when I do, I'm probably going to leave the room and cry a little bit because it's just it'll bring back those memories. Um, but it is my favorite game of of all time. Um, it's hard to get a group of people together to play it, um, especially because when I play it, I like to be competitive and I want to have a competitive group. I don't want people. I don't yeah. want to win just because the people don't know the rules. You know, I want to win. Because I because I beat people and my dice rolled better than their dice because that's really what it breaks down to in the end when you have that many good players. So, Axis and Allies for sure. Cool. All right, Big Papa Stace. Hands How do you down, spend your Saturday. <laughs> hands down, Axis and Allies. The reason being is I can get a fix playing Risk. Actually, you know, like I said before, it's not the same, but I can play it online or whatever. But, but again, you do have that level of intricacy and the fact of you really, it just really fills that void for me. I mean, if you're talking exotic, Twilight Imperium is a guilty pleasure, but the amount of time investment and the number of people, and it's hard to get anybody that's played it as, you know, it really... Even if you've played it, remembering all the rules and everything like that can be a refresher. But access to the allies is really comfortable to get in. And especially with you guys or a group of people that have played it before, the comfort level and just the you ease right into it. And next thing you know, you're just going at it. That's a really engaging game. Love it. And, uh, you know, you know me, I'm a history buff. It scratches that itch yep. for me. Oh, yeah. Yep. Those are both good answers. 
And I will admit when like we discussed and this was going to be the topic, I'm really torn. And I can't say we're three for three. Um, Exodus would probably be the third of my choice. Um, just because my choice would be the Twilight Imperium. Uh, that's up there. It's it's a top three game for me. Um, when I had to throw away my second edition just because it was not playable anymore, it, a little bit of me died inside. But it's like, all right, I can get the fourth edition. I'll be good again. Um, it's just the it's the replayability in all these games are fantastic. But just the fact that you can sit down in Twilight Imperium and you can play that thing a thousand different ways every single time you sit down. Um, and then just be sitting here like I had for the last week thinking about this is like, wow, I really want to play because I want to try this strategy that none of us have ever done that I don't think anyone would be prepared for. Um, I just think that Twilight Imperium just presents that. Now with a caveat to that, a good long day of a risk legacy would be very hard for me to turn down, but if it's it was so funny, choice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, especially ours. Um, but given my choice, if they're like, all right, Ray, pick the game off of it. What are we playing today? It would be a really good game of Twilight Imperium. Um, I know you both brought up like, you know, getting f- f- finding players is hard. Um, finding the right players is also a little bit difficult. So the question was the caveat that those aren't the the, the situation because you are you right. have the players that you need to have right you have the players that you need because you, you're right you're like with Matt with access and allies yeah when I play I want to win I want a good game but even if I don't win as long as I'm enjoying it and everyone else is enjoying it because people know what they're doing in the game and it's you don't have that that player that you know stumbling through and I don't mind a first time player or even a second or third time player with Twilight Imperium they're still stumbling because there is so much to it but like with our group if you've got someone going in there and it's, you know, it's their 10th, 11th time and they're still making, I don't even want to say mistake, but just asking the same questions and, and, you know, still missing the same thing. Again, understand first couple rounds, got everyone's got a refresher, but if we're at hour four and you're still having someone ask like, okay, so what are my options again? Yeah. that And that drags down even access and allies when it's like, okay, you should kind of know what you're doing by the time it gets around to your turn so that, you know, the game keeps moving. Cause you are right. I think Twilight Imperium listed as like a two to 10 plus hour game. I don't want to be sitting there at hour six and we're only on fourth turn because you've got a couple people that'll kill any, they'll kill all three of those games. Yeah. If it's just taking too long and the game is already, you know, even with a good group, a good game and you play the short game, the 10 point victory game, you're still talking six to seven hours, you know? Um, and if you've got one person taking 15, 20 minutes, it will drag it. But my choice is Twilight Imperium. Um, two to one. The listeners out there. Two to yeah, one. Well, Ask for the listeners. Wins. Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> I also understand, though, that that choice for listeners is this is not an introductory game. You know, we on all of our other board game podcasts, we've always caveated, you know, certain games anyone can get into. Clank is a fantastic both strategy card and beginner game. Twilight Imperium is the exact opposite. This is not a game. This is a game I put in with Gloomhaven. If you don't have someone that's, that's played it, or you don't want to waste your first day playing it of completely not knowing what you're doing and trying to stumble through a fairly well-written rule book, but there's just so much to it. It's a it big rule book. Make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so I understand this is definitely not an entry-level board game, but that's not what the topic was here. This topic was about strategy board games. And when you get into strategy board games, you kind of have to caveat with there's going to be your first one to five sessions that you're going to get destroyed if you're playing with people that you know. Um, but that's just like anything. You sit down and play chess. You're not going to beat Bobby Fischer the first time you sit down playing chess. You may not beat Bobby Fischer the, the thousandth time you sit down playing him at the chess. 
but hopefully you're getting better and you are enjoying the games more and more. So oh, yeah. Just to jump on what Ray just said too, this is what makes it more enjoyable is, but you got to have somebody willing to be engaged with it because with Twilight, they're not going to be able to say, oh, my turn's coming up and, you know, you got to be paying attention the whole time. Yeah. You, yep. you, you know, like you said, you, you're coming around to that person's turn and then they're all like, oh, it's my turn. I'll think about what I'm going to do. That drags a game out, and that's again. I agree. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a fun game, but again, yeah. you're looking at you got to get people that are in tuned and engaged, or else you're not going to have as good a time. Yeah. yeah, you can walk away from the table for access and allies to go get a drink, use the restroom, and the game keeps yeah. moving because you can come back and you quickly go, oh, okay, so Western Europe fell. All right, that's cool. <laughs> you walk away from the table of a Twilight Imperium game, you could come back and be like. Hey, where all my pieces go? <laughs> Pretty well, much. It's what happens. But Pretty I didn't get much. combat. Didn't need to. I played a couple action cards, wiped out two of your territories. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this guy up. Um, we'll yep. go ahead and do our plugs. So, Radis, what uh, what plugs you got? Anything? I mean, uh, plug a game, man. Let's play, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Play these games. Go ahead, Radis. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say. Um, Support your local gaming shops. You've got, uh, what is the name of the one out there on 173? Sorry. Cataclysm Games. Cataclysm Games. Um, I highly recommend that store. Uh, I live in St. Louis, but when I go into Rockford, I we attempt to try to make it out there at least every weekend I'm up there. may not buy something. I may stare at something for 30 minutes going, you know, I really want that board game. I'm going to buy it or not, but they've got a great selection. The guys have been all in there have always been really friendly. Um, so if you're in the rock area, definitely check them out. St. Louis has, uh, several gaming shops, uh, fantasy shop around here. Um, all their stores are really friendly, really clean, really nice. Uh, most of them have some kind of a board game area. Um, two plumbers local, uh, talked about this in the arcade. Um, they do allow board games there. Um, they also do have their video games and their own brewery. Um, they're up in the St. Charles area. So if you listen to this in your St. Louis, um, and then for the people who are listening that maybe aren't real tight, either one of those, I highly, highly recommend looking at Tabletop Simulator through Steam. Um, it's not the cheapest way to get into it, but there are, it's like 20 bucks a license. Um, watch for the deals. You can get four seat license for like 40 bucks every once in a while. Just give them out to your friends and it will allow you to play board games. You get on the Steam community, which I just did and just subscribed to a Twilight Imperium 4th Edition version. It's all virtual. It's a virtual game gaming table. Depending on how the game is written, you can spin the table, you can move it, you can find the games that are, you physically pick up the pieces like you're playing a real board game. You can find good mods out there where stuff is, a lot of stuff is automated, so it speeds it up and it's less clunky. Um, it's just a great app um, with everything being digital and so far away from each other. It is, a, I think it's a great way if you've got a group that, you know, even if you're local, but you can't get together, everyone can jump on a tabletop simulator um, and you can save your game. So game that takes 12 hours like a Twilight, you can save it and come back to it. I've got a group currently we're playing through Gloomhaven. We started live. We had one gentleman move away. Um, COVID hit last year, so we have been playing. Uh, we're getting ready to get back into it, but we've been continuing our Gloomhaven on Tabletop Simulator. It's great. Uh, when we're done with our scenario at the end of the night, I just hit autosave. We can walk away, come back the next week, and it picks up right where it left off. No, no fuss, no muss. Awesome. So, Big Papa, got any plugs? You know what? Just, again, 
like you know, I'm with you guys. Go to your local game stores. You know, try and uh, you got Friendly City Games here in Lebanon, Indiana. Uh, they're downtown on the square. Small shop, but you know you're gonna get good service. And I and this is adult beverage, but it's there's a reason I'm plugging it. Recovery Rye, uh, the straight rye whiskey. Five dollars every bottle goes to uh, Indiana hospitality workers, uh, bartenders, waitresses. They created this during COVID to sell to try and do something good to try and get help for those folks who've been put out of work or lost hours due to COVID. So it's one of those things where it's actually a really good product. Uh, I, I like it myself, but also it's uh, supporting your local community and uh, it just, especially with COVID and everything else, you want oh, to yeah. make sure it's, that's a big thing for me. All right, great. And uh, well, Radis uh, stole my thunder, which I'm glad you did, man. Hey, I got to start doing something at the end of these. You're doing the plugs, man. I appreciate that. Um, so so I'll, I'll uh, add a couple to that. So uh, we got Top Cut Comics in Loves Park, Illinois. Uh, they used to be called Tomorrow's Yesterday. We still call it T is Y, but it's Top Cut. Um, really friendly place. A lot of board games, a lot of comic books, all kinds of collectibles. Uh, when I bring my daughter in there, they are super friendly um, they hook her up with promos. She's just elated when she gets out of there. Like it's, it's a good time. I don't feel bad spending money there at all. And then as far as podcasts go, make sure you check out our friend, uh, Raven J, uh, in, and his podcast, retro, 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 talking about retro topics. Uh, definitely a good time there. And then also, uh, as again, I'm just going to call him my cousin Colin. Cause technically I think that's what I'm supposed to call him. Uh, he's got a podcast called Saturday Night Freak Show. Uh, they review a movie every single Saturday. Um, they've done quite a few recently that I've, I've really enjoyed. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Buckaroo Banzai, which we had a movie night ourselves on. And it was just a, you know, it's, it's just fun to listen to. Uh, you actually learn things about the movies because they talk about actors, directors. They have a wall of fame, all that good stuff. So I had a good time tonight, guys. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it, this has been a great way for us to stay in contact uh, again because I'm in Illinois, Radis is in St. Louis area, and uh, Stace is in uh, Indianapolis area, we'll say. And um, it, it's just a good opportunity for us to get together, have a conversation, and hopefully, you listeners appreciate that as well. Um, give us your suggestions, okay? Like, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, leave some feedback. Uh, you can send it to uh, the Game Files Podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, I believe we have a Twitter account now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so the Game Files podcast. Um, just leave us some. Oh, go ahead. Oh one. Oh one. Okay. Game Files podcast. Oh one. Um, yep. Leave us some feedback. Um, we'd like to hear from you. Tell us what your favorite board game is, or you know, give us your opinions. We just like, we'd love to hear from you. So again, it's been great, Big Papa. I'm so happy you got to be with us for the first time. We'll definitely have to have you back again. And, uh, Enjoyed it, guys. Thank you so much. And Radis, as always, you know, my, my brother in crime here. Yep. I'm glad to be here. Wouldn't miss it, man. Absolutely. And uh, everybody, y'all have a good night. Take care. Peace. Are you uh, sure you know where the impound yard is? Oh, stop stalling. Come on. I can't think. It's all this noise. Or is it because I've built a stronghold around Greenland? I've driven you out of Western Europe? And I've left you teetering on the brink of complete annihilation. I'm not beaten yet. I still have armies in the Ukraine. <laughs> the Ukraine. You know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck. A road apple, Newman. The Ukraine is weak. 
It's feeble. I think it's time to put the hurt on the Ukraine. I come from Ukraine. You not say Ukraine weak. Yeah, well, we're playing a game here, pal. Ukraine is game to you. How about I take your little Boris? <laughs> <laughs>